the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Oral Sessions with me, Renee Paquette. Um, hopefully uh, you guys are enjoying this on a, a nice, bright, shiny Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. Maybe you're listening to it when you're on your quarantine COVID stroll while everyone's trying to clean their mind, get in their steps, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe you're on a treadmill, maybe you're at the gym, maybe you're at work. I don't know, but I appreciate you listening. So today on the show, we have on what I would call a certified badass in Chris Cyborg. She is the Bellator Women's Featherweight World Champion. She's also the only MMA fighter in history, be it male or female, to become a Grand Slam champion. Um, Yes, I did read this off of her Wikipedia, but an important note, nonetheless. I got to sit down with Chris Cyborg and we, you know, we chatted obviously what's going on with her in Bellator, who she wants to fight next. She's got a fight queued up. She would not tell us who it is yet. Fair enough. I'll have to wait to see what's going to happen. But she has made it public that she only wants to have three fights this year. She, you know, she she has a few different names, talks about what the division's looking like, how much she enjoys her time at Bellator uh, and and being a champion there. We talk Amanda Nunes. Of course, we could not talk to Chris Cyborg without bringing up Amanda Nunes. Um, And yeah, we just, you know, we talk about growing up in Brazil, all the different sports she's played to giving back to her community, all the things that are important to Miss Chris Cyborg. All right, so guys, without further ado, let's get into it. You're going to like this episode. She's amazing. Cannot wait to see what these next fights are going to be for her lined up for the rest of 2021. Here she is, Chris Cyborg. All right, joining me today on Oral Sessions, we've got the Bellator featherweight champ, Chris Cyborg. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on your show and... Happy, excited for my next fight. Thank yeah, you. Okay, so what is going on in your world? Because you need people to fight. Who do you want to fight? What's going on? You know, the one thing is very nice at Bellator. I have a lot of girls in my division. Mm-hmm. And I have it already scheduled for my next fight. No announced yet. Sorry, my dog is no, no announced yet. You can't give us a little sneak peek of who it's going to be. I can't. I can have two okay. ways to the promotion. Yes, I would like to for sure. We'll all have to wait. Um, well, I think one thing that seems a little bit interesting is um, maybe something down the line with you and Clarissa Shields in some capacity. Is that something that you'd be interested in? You know, uh, Clarissa Shields came from boxing. She's going to start her career in MMA. We are friends, but if it sometimes in the line is happened, we fight each other. You know, for sure it's going to be professional. But I didn't see this, you know, happen soon, or, you know, or maybe later, but if you're happy, you know, you just have to be professional, be aware of both sides and do a great fight for the fans. Okay, so there wasn't a ton of women ahead of you when you were getting your start in the MMA world. Who were some of the people that you were looking to for inspiration that made you be like, hey, that's a thing that I want to do and dominate in? You know, the reality, I, I never have a dream to be a fighter. You know, before I was an athlete and I played handball in my all my teenager time, in the 12 to 19. And the one coach, he's watching me play handball and he came to talk to me after the game. He said, I think you can be a great fighter. 
And I look at him surprised because I never think be a fighter before. And then he said, came to my gym. We're going to, uh, I'm going to teach some stuff to you, my tie, you know, some boxing. And it's okay. But, you know, I was never have a dream to be a fighter. And then I did one class in my tie. I said, this is cool. And I think I trained in three months. And I told the coach, I would like to do one fight for see how it works. Wow, only after three months of training, yes. you're like, I'm ready to go, put me in, coach? <laughs> yeah, because I think because I, I always, in my career, I always compete. You know, everything I compete, I started to compete at 12 years old. And then for me, it's just a, one challenge for me. And then I told him, you know, I'd like to do one fight. And then in six months, I did my first fight. I lost that fight. You know, I dislocated my elbow at that time. But I, I always feel like, man, I, I born to do this. I love it. I think all the sports I did before I played soccer, I did the track, uh, uh, running. I did I did a lot of sports in my career. I did basketball, you know, and a lot of things I did when I was a teenager. And I think when I started fighting, I say, you know, I born to be a fighter. You know, I think all the sports helped me build me who I am today. How did your coach watching you play handball go, you should fight people? Were you just like aggressive on the field? Like, what do you think made that light bulb go off for him? Or Actually, it's not the coach, the, the handball. It's one father, the one kid, we, when we play each other, he's watching me and this, the, he's in, uh, inside the mixed martial arts thing. And then he told me, I think you can be great fire. And... My, my handball coach is not happy because uh, he lose me <laughs> all the time he tell me. So as you're playing all of these sports, I mean, you just rattled off a bunch of the sports that you were playing and dabbling in and being successful in. Were you kind of on a path to be like, hey, how can I just make being an athlete my career? I mean, that can be a bit of a difficult thing along the way, especially given some sports for female athletes in particular as well. Was that something you were thinking that you really wanted to find a way to turn this into a career in some capacity? You know, the beginning, the beginning when I started training, I play handball, you know, in Brazil is very bad. Handball is not have a lot of support. And we are the best team, the handball. We were very good in Brazil. And, but it's on for Europe game. And, and I, I, I really, I really have a lot of scholarship when I go to school, high school, university from, from the, the, the handball. You know, I was really have a plan to be athlete, but I was not have a plan to be a fighter. But I always have in my mind, you know, be a athlete because, you know, I love compete. I love training. I have in my mindset, I would like to be athlete. And just be a fighter is just different world. But you continue doing the same thing, training every day and yeah, be example. You said you had scholarships to go to university. What were you studying when you went to school? Uh, education, physical. Should be like a gym teacher? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So no matter yes. what you were working in sports, no matter yes. in any way. Uh, okay. So what do you think of the state of women's MMA right now? I mean, things are going really well. Things are moving in the right direction. What do you want to see change in women's MMA or some matches that you want to be a part of? You know, I believe the good thing happened is uh, like before only it's was main sport. No, a lot of girls would like to watch. And after when you start doing women's MMA, the girls start to like watch. It's like a family sport now. You know, everybody getting together for city girls fight. This is one cool thing. When I start fighting, I don't have so much, so much publicity, so much things, you know, around the women's MMA. And it makes me really very happy how it's growing fast. It's getting better. I have a lot of girls want to be a fighter. And the one thing I think is good for our sport, maybe 
uh, open more divisions. Mm -hmm. I think as the divisions very far away, it's like uh, 115, 125, 135, 145, 155. I think you can open a little bit more divisions. I know it's going to be more work for the promotion, but I believe it's healthy for the fires, you know, for not have to lose so much weight, but for the health. That whole thing, the, the cutting weight and all that just seems absolutely grueling. It blows my mind what you guys are able to do for your bodies. Uh, what is that process like for you when you're having to cut weight before a fight? You know, the beginning of my career, always the problem is about the, what division you want to fight. You know, because like, uh, and, and they don't have divisions. Like for me, I walk, I walk like 165, 170, but no, 155 now have. My beginning of my career don't have, doesn't have. I did my first fight in Brazil. I believe it was 140, 145. Yeah, already struggled for me too. And uh, oh no, but now I'm because I'm doing this. I'm gonna be like 15 years. I start 2005, almost 16. But I start learning about my body. You know, I start learning how to lose weight, but safely. You know, I try stay my 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 weight low. I try you not know, just cut close to the fight, but doing on good great process. You know, I learn about my body. But I know the young girls. Didn't know because in the beginning of my career, I didn't know, you know, and I think we can have more conversation with the, the, the girl, female fighters. It's more difficult, you know, you're a woman too. You know yeah. how difficult to lose weight, you know, and the guy, the guys can I can't well, even imagine. I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. what you guys do. I mean, I want to lose five pounds and I need to like, I can't even think about it. Yes, it's different like men's and women's too because, you know, men's stay one week, no eat, just salad. You can see them lose a lot of weight. Us, nothing, you know, We're like <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. My husband will go for a jog and he, in like the heat in Las Vegas. He's like, I think I just lost five pounds. I'm like, what the hell? It takes <laughs> yeah. like six months to do that. Yes, it's different for women's. And that, because this, I believe they have a more, more weight class. I think it's going to be good for women's. So this brings me, of course, everyone, I mean, I know this has been all over the internet, but talking about Amanda Nunes and yourself, uh, I mean, obviously you guys are in rival promotions, but is that something that you would like to revisit at some point again in your career? You know, I, I always, after that loss, I always asked for the rematch, but you know, I've seen was not the time no one would like to give to me. At the moment in my career, I will see what's the best option for me. And I wait my contract finish and I see what's the option, the great, great promotion for me fighting, not just about respect, but about the pay too, the pay better that leads. And I'm really happy where I'm at uh, Bellator. Fans would like to watch the rematch. I would like to do this rematch for sure. You know, I was, I, when I did talk to Scott Coker, the president of the Bellator, I told him, you know, I, I have a dream about this fight. I would like to have this fight, maybe cross promotion. He said, Chris, for me, you know, I'm open for that. I sent some champions from Bellator to fight in Japan. For me, I don't have any problem with the fight. The fans would like to watch this fight. You know, just with UFC open for do that, we can do that. Or maybe in the end, if Amanda Nunes want to finish her contract, see what's the option she has, you know, see her value, how much she, she, she can make. I think she can make a lot more, maybe after the, before, uh, outside the FC. And maybe we can fight, make this fight happen, you know, but I really would like it. I think all the fans would like to watch. Oh my God, we're all dying to see that fight 100%. Um, I also saw that uh, after Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson, you were you parked your van outside the Apex in Las Vegas? No, I have a little problem there. The gas pinch. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> 
What happened? Were you just like trolling them or was that like to troll Dana White? Who was that for? Uh, do you know we have all we have our um, RV and they have all the sponsor. We always travel with the RV, you know, for support cybernation. We have cybernation everywhere in the world in Las Vegas too, you know. And I was in Las Vegas. I know I stayed back before. I'm moving to Vegas, and I have my parking my 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 RV there. So you know what? Free market, you know, free market. I'm gonna park it close to the the FC there and leave my my RV there and. It's nice, you know, you see everybody take pictures and see the, the, the RV. It's nice to, to do this. Did they say anything to you? Did anyone from UFC reach out to you to be like, can you get your van away from our property? <laughs> you know, actually, we think uh, we think they're going to tow our car, you know, but we already, if you tow it, it's worth it. It's okay. <laughs> Oral Sessions is proud to be presented by FanDuel. You guys never played FanDuel Fantasy before? Great. FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Uh, Why do I play FanDuel? I play FanDuel because I'm new to the fantasy game. I kind of need somebody to hold my hand through the whole process. And the thing with the FanDuel Fantasy app is that it's so incredibly easy to use. Even a dumb-dumb like me can make it work. And if you happen to be a fence sitter like yours truly, you guys can pick a new team every single game you can switch it up you can change your mind it's all up to you ball is in your court so FanDuel is offering new users a deposit match of up to 500 smackaroos when you make your first deposit just go to fanduel.com slash cowherd for more info fanduel.com slash cowherd FanDuel, more ways to win getting back to, to you playing in the national handball team how how does this like what what exactly is handball because it's not big in america but it's obviously big in brazil how what can you like break it down for us a little bit it's like a game six six against six like a six you make a goal uh with your hand but is the goal it's like a soccer goal you know and there's six against six and they have people in the goal like uh like a seven people it's a team it's a huge in europe it's huge sometimes i tell i play handball the people understand I play that pinky throw in the wall. No, it's very rough game, like a rough, like it's you touching the person, chat up for mm-hmm. save, you know, it's, it's a rough game. It's, it's not like basketball. Basketball is rough too, but if you touch, it's a fall. You know, and the ball doesn't leave a little bit. You know, it's 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 rough. I think because this is the guy watching me play handball, I say, he'll be a great fighter. Do you still get to play at all? Do you have like friends uh, around you that you still get to play now? Now I have I still have a friends that play handball and have girls that we play together then now compete for Brazil, you know, they're very good. And I I think if, I know now, I think in 2016, when I did my 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 first final FC, I did my in Curitiba, my city, we play a little bit handball. I see my team, some people over there. Now it's everybody young than me, you know, starting uh, handball, but I start to play with Dan over there. And I play a little bit, you know. It's nice. You know, I have something inside of me. When I play handball, it's a, I know it's a group, but I have my individual part. I think it works perfect, maybe because this depends on me. You know, because this I start running, you know. I start to doing competition run because mm-hmm. I feel something do by myself too. We don't have a team in MMA. We have a team. We need a team. But who's going inside the cage fight? It's you. Yeah. Is, not, nobody can do for you, but the, the team behind, yes, we have a great team. But 
Yes, I, I, I play a little bit more, yes. And I say, man, this game is dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't get injured. I cannot hurt myself here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I grew up in Canada and I played ringette, which is a lot like hockey. And I'm constantly having to explain to people what it is because they don't know it's not popular in America. So I sort of feel your pain on that 100%. (laughs) What was it like for you growing up in Brazil? What is a childhood in Brazil like? You know, I'm not troublemaker, you know, when I'm a teenager. I'm a very nerd. I love sport. And then the one thing is nice in school. If you want to continue to play sport, your your grades have to be good. If your grades are no good, you cannot play the sport. And this is one thing that just uh, motivated me, you know, for, for continue doing better. Uh, my mom worked the whole time. You know, I always stay sometimes a babysitter, sometimes by myself. I have an older brother, too, and he's played soccer at the time, too, and I always play handball. Yeah, my, my mom and my dad then divorced, but, you know, we have a great relationship. I always have my dad support me, support us. He's watched, I think, my first fight, and then he's very getting shocked. Never watch again <laughs> in life. He said, "This is no <laughs> for me." He won't watch anymore. Nah, he would like to watch after. My mom don't like to like. Sometimes she just came from Brazil to watch the fights, and then she disappeared. She didn't watch. She just inside the arena, but you cannot find her. Yeah, because she don't like to watch. I think too much stress. I I don't like it. See people, I really like. I love who fight. It make me nervous. Yeah, I don't like. What did your mom do for a job? When she was raising you guys. She sells fabrics in Brazil. Nice. Um, okay, yes. so when did you move to the U.S.? Because you became a naturalized citizen in 2016, right? Yes, yes. I just became one on Thursday. Oh, nice. Congratulations. What a process. How was it for you? How was your process of becoming an American? Did you celebrate? Like, what did you do? Yes, we celebrate. My fiance is so happy. Everybody's so happy. You know, it's a... It's a hard work when you come from a different country, you know. It's when I came to America, I didn't speak any English. And I don't went to school learning English here. I learned with the people around me inside the gym. You know, it's 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 very blessed, you know. I feel very blessed to be and I knew when the first time I came to America was two thousand eight for do my I did my first fight. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know, I need to move to America for me, I can continue my my sport, what I love to do, because in Brazil have a lot of athletes, but don't have the same opportunity I have here. And then I say, you know, I need to move. I need to move there. And then the first time I supposed to stay just six months learning English and and, and the training because here's the I learned wrestling, boxing. You know, people like here the sports more grow than over there. And then I I stayed. I have a good lawyer. You know, I have a Thank work God visa. That, right? Yes, <laughs> I have a visa work. And then they give it because I have a, I want to get my first title, like it's the first title, Dumas MMA, when I fought Gina Carano in 2009. My lawyer said, you know, this is the great opportunity to can get a green card. And I got my green card for athletes. And after getting my citizenship. Oh, the, did you have like a, an O one visa? Yes. Oh my God. It's so nice to be done with that. We don't have any more yes. work. Yes. You can really celebrate the 4th of July. Did you yes. do that? Did you have like a big yes. 4th of July? The 4th of July is huge, you know, it's like a yeah. huge. The first time I went to here, it's nice. Everybody happy in the street and the chill and very cool. Very cool. Uh, okay. So you mentioned 2008 was the first time that you came to the United States and that's when you first started learning English. How was that? Well, I tried some classes in Brazil, but the class is different when you come to the place. You know, like you learn more if you go travel. If you travel and then we speak in the, any language you want to learn, it's better you travel. And then you see how it works. 
Because when you learn English, but you don't know, it makes sense. Sometimes not the same pronoun, pronounce the, the year. And, but the first time when I come here in 2008, did my first fight and back to Brazil. And then I moved to 2009. Like a month, a little a couple months before Gina got in the fight. What a yes. journey. That's crazy. Okay, so your very first fight in the United States, I believe, was against uh, a friend of the program here on Oral Sessions and Shayna Baszler. Yes, yes. I love Shayna. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, she's the best. I mean, so we work together in WWE. Is that something that you would like to do? Because I've seen you out there putting out, talking to Becky Lynch or Mickey James, whoever. Do you want to dabble into the wrestling world? You know, it's a tough sport. I respect everyone does. You know, I did some training, some training, some girls too doing wrestling. And yes, you know, if I have the opportunity, I like challenge. You know, the beginning of the conversation, I told you I, I like to challenge. You know, and if I have the opportunity, for sure, for me, it's going to be a big challenge, but I'm here for, for, for learning and do the best show for my fans. I think people would love to see that. I know um, when I was doing a bit of research heading into this interview, I saw Samoa Joe, who's just fantastic, but he kind of gave an endorsement for you to come into WWE as well as Sonia Deville, who has an MMA background herself. Uh, but nice. I think there's plenty of people. There's a little bit of depth there. If you wanted to get in there, maybe Ronda Rousey steps back into WWE. Yeah, maybe the fight you never can show the, the fans, me, Ronda Rousey, and MMA. Maybe we can show the new pro wrestling. That was yes. going to be... Nice. Yes. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in-play, so the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. Okay, so a big thing for you is giving back to your community. I mean, that's been a huge thing for you. I mean, after your fight, after winning in UFC 222, what you drove around Los Angeles, just handing out hamburgers to, to people of need. Also travel to Uganda and you're digging wells to be able to give clean water um, that you're working in conjunction with a fight for the fallen. When did those things start to become um, important to you? You know, for me, I, I, I'm a Christian believer when in 2006 and for me, I was to, to return to community, return to people around me. You know, it's important. You know, uh, one thing I always like to ever fight I, I always pray and see what is important for me can give you back. I feel like the blast cannot stop you. Have to be blessed. If you're getting blessed, you have to bless, have to flow, you know, yeah. for help the people. And this is, I, I, I believe this. And and then sometimes, you know, I, sometimes, okay, we did the video, give it the hamburgers, you know, sometimes I, I really don't like show what to do. A lot of things I, sh I do, it don't show anybody. But sometimes you encourage people to do this. You know, and the, that day I went to the burger play. They give the burger for the people living on the street. And it's very sad because a lot of people is not from here. 
a lot of people far in the family, different, you know, in another country. They came like us, following mm -hmm. dream. That is, is, is very, very, very sad. Yeah, okay, maybe I can, I'm not going to change the life of them, can just uh, give them a hamburger, but, you know, share the experience, talk about God for them, give a little hope in their hearts, you know, make them change a little bit. Or, uh, you know, I think something like this. And I always like to do, you know, in Brazil, I have two heavy projects with kids and can do the heavy kids having playing jujitsu, you know, have another kids then in one community, the parents, when the parents uh, need the help too and don't have nobody to leave the kids, kids stay in the project and learn a lot of things. Yeah. You know, I, I always like to return and give it back. We're doing our event too. I have a MMA event in Brazil. We give the opportunity for the other athletes can you know can see the dream can come true you know have the opportunity and the, the name of the event is Cyber Nation Fights have the website you guys can go check it out and yeah we do return you know I just return what I received and then just show the thank for what's happened with me. What are your trips to Uganda like when you're when you're digging these wells and getting that clean water into these other villages? What is that experience like? You know that experience. I always tell them about everyone supposed to go over there and see that. I went there soon after Amanda Nunes' fight, and I lost the fight. Of course, I stay a little sad. I stay thinking about a lot. You can change. You cannot change. But then when you I went there, I said, "Man, that loss like is nothing close to this." You know, you see kids like don't have water, have to walk 20 miles for get water. You little kids, you see the uh, one. Think that she really my heart to see one kid walk to the to the street for get water. She have two two shoes, but she have one sock on. Aww. But she put the one sock. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, even she have just one. She put you know. One and sock. That, that no socks. Yeah, yeah. The, for me, like touch my heart, even though it's one. And you know, it's um, just just a touch with my heart. I went to that one and celebrated the water. You know, we put the water. There was two water was there, and then. The day they celebrate is nice because I had the opportunity to go over there. They went to with after the fight for forgotten. They really supported the pygmies there, and and it was amazing. It was amazing experience when the water come out of the, the hole and everybody started drinking the water and make a little party and we danced together. If you guys would like to watch, have it my YouTube. You guys can get the the videos too. It's nice. It's nice. It's. It, it's very cool. You make really happy. You say, man, yes, it's more important. You know, in the hours I'm thinking, sounds heavy. I stay a long time champion in my career and I'm still champion, but people say, ah, she's the world champion. Yes. Be the world champion. You sound there thinking, say, man, you need something to change the world around you, where you're at. You know, yeah. be the champion. The world is big responsible. It's not just hold a title. And I always have this in my 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 mind. I always come to me a world champion. Okay, what you can do? You know, it doesn't matter. Okay, you have to do small things. You know, help somebody across the street. Mm -hmm. I know some grocery stuff from somebody. Little things, little things that like be champion the people's hearts. And this is, I think, is more special just to hold on tighter. It's really crazy how much we just take for granted to be able to turn on our faucet and be able to have water and we can shower yeah. and we can boil water whenever we want. Like yeah. it's gotta be so eye-opening to go to a country like that and be able to see them pump their water for the first time. That's so cool. And then the one thing is amazing, then I was a smile. Like then I was a smile over there. Then I was happy. Yeah. You know, no complaints. Like 
no complaints. And then, then you have to maybe try go whatever every year, you know, because we are we complain for little things, no supposed to complain, you know. And yeah. I love that. Um, okay, so it was International Women's Day just recently, and uh, you took to the old Twitter machine um, and giving praise to Scott Coker, the president of Bellator, for giving women a platform when other promoters maybe wouldn't give them a chance. Like, is that a shot at Dana or something at UFC, or is it like what? I feel like there's an understory to this. Do you know, uh, Scott Coker is, is the guy who's first promoted the women's MMA fight, the main event. You know, he's giving the opportunity for women's MMA. They always believe in women's MMA, you know, because you say about the night, I always don't talk about him, you know, I did a shout out for Scott. But the night is the person the promoter say the girl's never going to step in the UFC. And you see the girls, everywhere the girls step, they will success. This is good. And then, you know, we start fighting in the UFC and then, you know, we see how's huge getting in women's MMA. But, you know, the first promotion, you know, give it the... Shout out to Rooms and Mates is Scott Coker. Even just you saying when we first hopped on of how many women there are in your division. And I, you've also made it clear that you want to have three fights in 2021. I know one of them you can't tell us about. Are there options for what you want to see some of those other fights be? The next one we have scheduled. Then I think the next on the line may be going to be Julia Bud, the one that defended the title, she's undefeated 80 years and she lost for me. And she's coming from the winner, you know, and she's continuing. Probably she may be going to be again. And they have another girls in the line, but I believe it is the next step. One last thing that I keep seeing on your Twitter is about Bitcoins. Do you have a Bitcoin? Are you investing in Bitcoins? What's going on? Yes, I do invest in Bitcoin. Funny because a couple of years ago, my fiance said, Chris, you need to invest in Bitcoin. I said, ah, no. And then I said, man, yes, let's do that. And you now you can see how it's growing and then the currency. And then, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we invest in Bitcoin. In my website, we make, we can buy a shirt, anything in my website. You can pay with Bitcoin. Yes, we're Bitcoin supporters. I don't really understand how Bitcoins work. How much do you have to invest to get, a Bitcoin. Is that how it goes? You know, the now I think one Bitcoin is like almost 70,000. But before, it was so cheap before. Like oh very, very cheap. Now it's good because the, the, the Bitcoin thing is no have a lot. Have a lot, of, but it's, it's, it's no unlimited. Like have a limit. If you don't get a Bitcoin and finish it, you're not going to get it. Have you bought things with your Bitcoin yet? I don't buy it. I start saving for me. Yeah. <laughs> I start saving for me. Smart. Smart. <laughs> In the Very future, smart. maybe trade some stuff, you know? Okay. I'm going to have to look into this. I mean, I've, I've had two different conversations about Bitcoins on this podcast and it looks like it's the future that we need to do it. Yes. Yes. All right. I'll think about it. Uh, well, Chris Cyborg, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck. I cannot wait to see what this announcement is going to be for what your next fight's going to be. We're all dying to see you step back into uh, the octagon. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I love your questions. It's very smart one, very nice. And I appreciate your time too. And we talk to you soon or later next time. Definitely. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye. so much to Chris Cyborg for joining me today on the show. Um, hopefully we can get her another time down the line, maybe post one of these fights that she's going to have lined up, get to pick her brain a little bit more. 
Uh, but hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, and make sure to uh, to follow all of the things for oral sessions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Renee Paquette. You can follow the Volume Network at the Volume Sports, which is on both Twitter and Instagram. I thought I had that wrong for a second, but I do not. Pregnancy brain is kicking in and everything's a little bit of a struggle these days, but that is accurate. Um, and then our YouTube channel. We are growing. It's happening uh, we're putting out the full-length episodes. We've got clips from the shows. We're going to be adding some more content in there coming up. So make sure you check that out. Go on YouTube and just search my name, Renee Paquette, and you will find it. You can subscribe. You can turn on your cool little notifications to know when we're putting out all this new content. Because I feel like I'm constantly spamming everybody. Check out this. Check out this. Buy my book. Do this. Blah, blah, blah. You guys might be over me by now, so I'm trying not to uh, overstate my welcome. But just do it. I promise you'll enjoy it. Please help a sister out. Um, All right, guys, this has been my episode of Oral Sessions. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.